Welcome to the Lost Films of the 90s podcast, where two kids relive their childhood through films. My name is Rick. And I'm Kenny. And today we're going to be talking about a film that's uh, one of my Sunday favorites. If that's Is that a thing? Uh, I, I mean, I watch movies every day, so Sunday is just another day. Okay, well, I watch movies a lot, but... Sunday is a good day where I don't want to move and get the TV remote, so whatever's on stays on. So anyways, we're talking today about <laughs> Don't Tell Mom, The Babysitter's Dead, 1991. Um, although the film looks like it was filmed in the early 70s for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, that's <laughs> like the, the film gra- the grain and the color seem like it's so much older. Yeah, I, I'd say style and um, all-around movie about it is very late 80s like 87 like honestly the it reminds me a lot of adventures in babysitting which makes sense but it's like even grainier and even lower rent than adventures in babysitting <laughs> yeah all right so how are we kicking this off today kenny um it's up to you i guess i, I really thought that we should just come on and start talking a little bit about our life like, what's been going on for the past week or month since we <laughs> recorded last? It's been a while. Sorry, guys. Uh, just a lot of family and, you know, life stuff. Well, Kenny, you have a, a young son, right, man? Yeah, a little two-and-a-half-year-old named Micah. And, you know, he's he's <clears throat> just a handful. And two handfuls. <laughs> yeah, when Aiden, my son, he's nine now, um, when he was... That little, it was, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know how you're doing the podcast right now, dude. I'd be so tired at the end. <laughs> That's the end. At the end of the day, oh, it's yeah. just like, there's no time period, dude. I mean, I just got off a 12-hour shift and then came home and lifted two heavy-ass uh, air conditioners up the stairs, so. Oh, that sounds fun. A beer is helping me get through this. Well, at least you went to the gym, too, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have definitely have time to go to the gym. <laughs> have you seen any new movies recently? Because I know we're talking about oh 1991 gosh. today, but... Um, well, the newest movie I saw was A Quiet Place. Oh, you so, saw it? Yeah, I saw it last Wednesday. Because oh, um, I got that movie pass. So oh, yeah. I just go whenever I want. And uh, yeah, it was badass. I really liked it. I, I mean, anyone who knows me knows that... Uh, thing that really gets me in movies now that i'm a father is uh father and children relationships um you know i have a son so really like father-son relationships Mm -hmm. get me but this one had a father-daughter relationship that was uh pretty strenuous at points and a lot of emotions running and you know uh a lot of really tense quiet moments as well that's right you know i was watching the trailer and shelby keeps shelby's my wife by the way everybody who's listening um my recent we just got married new wife new yeah wife. hey now uh so uh she she really wants to see this film and uh i asked her i'm like isn't it kind of like a like a silent film to a degree and she's like that's what makes it so cool i'm like all right so i've yet to see it i really do want to see it though yeah um if you are okay with subtitles and a lot of jump scares then it's fine. Is it weird if I told you uh, Metropolis I, is like one of my tops? So, what's Metropolis? <laughs> what is that, man? 
<laughs> oh, I was going to say father-son relationships yeah. in films uh, no, is uh, yeah. the the worst one ever. Is the road? Period. You didn't like the road. I, I liked the road, but that scene when he's like, "Papa, will I ever see you again?" And he's going to blow his kid's head off. I'm like, dude, I can't handle this. I'm going to like, <sighs> I just can't handle it. It's too dark, dude. Yeah, it was kind of bleak for bleak's sake. Um, I don't know. I remember I was that came out two thousand nine. So yeah, we were we were in high school. Yeah, I was just about to graduate. I remember the year before though. I was on IMDb and saw that uh, Viggo Mortensen was going to be in a new movie called The Road, and I was, saw that it was uh, uh, based on a book by Carmack McCarthy, who had just you know come off of uh, No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. won an Oscar for Best Picture. So I was like, oh, this is the next big movie. So oh. I went out and I went to the library <clears throat> and I rented or checked out uh, The Road and I read it and it was really good. It was, uh, it was sparse, you know, it's really just kind of straight to the point. Yeah, it's written, you know, no quotations, it's really funky, yeah. Yeah, and it's really short, too. I think it's like a 200-page read, mm-hmm. maybe even shorter. Um, and then, yeah, I saw the movie and was like, Huh. Yeah, that's that's what I read. Yeah. Well, people don't want to read, really dude. Good. Nobody wants to read. Are you kidding me? Why would they? Why would they do something that challenges them? They can just sit there. And... I've had a lot of disappointments, like the like Watchmen, and it's not that the movie Watchmen was a disappointment. It's just that it was the same thing with the road. It was. I wasn't overwhelmed. <clears throat> I wasn't underwhelmed. I was well. It was a. Uh, it was an exact replication too. So you once you yeah. read the the graphic novel or the novel yeah you've pretty much seen it so yeah. i don't know man I... and uh yeah but uh besides a quiet place um uh the most recent film i watched was baby driver oh dude which so like in love with that movie mm-hmm. i can't believe i missed it when it came out i remember uh people talking about it and saying oh you know edgar wright's kind of lost his touch he's uh it's not, it's not, you know, as funny anymore, and uh, I just was like, okay, well, I, you know, I'll wait till it comes out on DVD, and then I kind of missed it for a while, and I was looking for something to watch at my other job, where I just sit in a booth all day. And was like, Hope your boss doesn't well. listen to this, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I watched, I mean, I was so, like, there was nobody, there was no customers, so I basically had to watch the whole movie straight. That's awesome, man. Which is a rarity for me. Um, the only problem was, it didn't have subtitles, so all the deaf scenes were... Oh, that sucks, nuh-uh. Not, not subtitled, yeah, and so I just, I took it at face value at first, I was like, okay... They're really just gonna put you in the, the the shoes of a deaf person. Like you just gotta know sign language, or you're context out. clues. Context clues. And then I looked it up. I was like, "Are there supposed to be subtitles?" Because the same thing happened to me when I watched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Because they speak in sign language oh. on that too. Really? What are you watching yeah, this on? Sure. Like BitTorrent or something? Or yeah, you know the the Bay of Pirates uh, is where I I, I frequent. Ah. You know, a work a single or not single, but single working parent. Uh, you kind of need to get your jollies for free. Yeah, dude, it's like food stamps for films. <laughs> I wonder if you can sell that though. Like, you know, in the hood, they sell their food stamps for like cash. <laughs> I believe that's called a black market. Oh, yeah. yo, dog! I got this film. Got you for two dollars. <laughs> 
dude, my, I remember my dad, uh, when I was like, what, I was two, it's like 97, so I must have been six, my dad went to New York to try out for Jeopardy, oh. and while he was up there, he saw a uh, bootleg vendor on the street, and he was selling, uh, I can remember three VHSs, it was like December of 97, and he got Home Alone 3, nice. Alien Resurrection, okay. Immortal Combat Annihilation. On VHS? <laughs> On shitty bootleg VHS. Like, camera is tilted to the side. Oh, yeah. The, like, colors are all blurred. The, like, the voices are peaking. You can't even hear half the sound. That's and that's how... Like, I still have never seen Mortal Kombat Annihilation on any legit showing. In standard definition? <laughs> never, never seen I've only seen them on bootleg. That's awesome, though. I mean, at least it's a story. And your dad is the one who would. Mm, yeah. yeah. My dad kind My of, dad would have, like, kind of kicked the dude's face in for offering it to him. How dare you? Da-da-da! Triumphant Captain America, man. So... Well, you know, my dad also saw, you know, Alien Resurrection and was like, oh, Kenny would love this. He's six years old. <laughs> Fantastic. Yo, well, my dad let me see Spawn and uh, Super Troopers when I was like, when it came out. So do the math. Uh, you would have been 12. Yeah. Fantastic. I was 11. Yeah, and especially yeah. the German scene was like, oh, do you want to come party with us? <laughs> yeah. That was the oh, first man. boobs I ever okay. saw. I think. Oh, keep, okay. So we're back on track now. Uh, Th- those were the first boobs I ever saw? <laughs> I think so. I don't remember. <laughs> I think, if I can recall, they were dark I days. want to say mine was half baked. Half, there's the, when the chick falls down and then like a boot pops out and they're like, "Dude, that is a titty." Oh, that that one scene, <laughs> that's it. Oh dear, I, that was probably the first one. No, I've got a longer story for the actual first ones I saw, and it was it was a bad. I don't know, it was a bad experience. Go for it. Are you sure? Go for it. Are you sure? I hope my yeah. dad's not listening to this. Uh, a long, long time ago, in a subdivision far, far away in California. My dad was renting a room from uh, a gentleman he, we like to refer to him um, uh, so dearly as Fat Man. And at Fat Man's house, uh, he was very fond of Hustler magazine, which was, um, it was, I guess, a pretty popular magazine. At the time. Who uses magazines anymore? It's all free now, right? So, I <laughs> uh, hope Shelby's not listening. So, yeah, dude, I, I came downstairs one morning before school and naturally i'm you know i don't know how old i was maybe seven or something i was pretty curious and fat man had laid a full spread out on the the table and so i picked this magazine up and uh now i'll remind our listeners here i don't know if you've ever seen a hustler magazine in its original form they're not like playboy playboy magazine is oh i don't know here's a pretty girl here's some nippleage no dude hustler is hardcore it is like ready to like you know i mean mm-hmm. for you know for pg purposes it's hardcore so yeah. i remember being out of breath and freaked out i'm never looking at that again and sure enough next day i was like where's that magazine at? you know yeah, yeah it's, it's cool yeah that's that i think that's my uh, first weird wait so you were you were how old? i think it was like seven maybe eight Let's let's give myself the benefit of the doubt here and say I was eight. Yeah, that sounds better than seven. <laughs> well, I mean, it's you know, 
you don't really get to choose when you're exposed to things, I guess. <laughs> but I guess there's worse ways to be exposed to shit like that. Yeah. So. I mean, I, well, you said it was dad's room. Well, my dad was renting a room from this guy because you got to think, dude, this is Southern California where you can't yeah. rent uh, some dude's shitty garage for less than 1200 bucks a month, you know? So he was transitioning between uh, the divorce with my mom and stuff at that time. So he, like, rented a room from this dude in transition into another house. And so it, it's very common out there, though. You rent rooms. You just do. Because, yeah. you know, part of the house is, well, a lot cheaper than the rest of the fucking house. So, anyways, yep, that's uh, one of my weird <clears throat> booby stories. Well, speaking of, speaking of uh, parents and children in California today we're going to do a little recap of a 90s movie called don't tell mom the babysitter's thing back on track (laughs) yeah (laughs) you made it weird you said Uh, go ahead man tell us tell us what happened with when you were little and then and the people got to get to know who's telling the story that's right and that's when I realized that I'm just kidding keep going sorry (laughs) um so don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Yep. You wanted to do this movie. I love. I did not. Okay, I love this movie in, in the sense I've always had this movie around. So no matter what happens, you're bored or something, if it's on, you're going to watch it. It's like a Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you can see it a hundred times. If you force yourself to watch it, no. But, you know, you see it a hundred times, it's almost like one of those movies that's familiar to have it in the background. I don't know, for me. Yeah clown dogs and I, I mean i will say that when i was a kid uh eh, 99 2000 my mom showed me this movie and i remember it was on hbo a lot oh yeah and then we ended up uh, we ended up getting it on dvd when it came out and yeah i love this movie i would watch it all the time i love that there was a cool person named kenny yeah because that was my name and up until that point i had South Park Kenny, you know, mumbles, who also always dies. Oh, yeah, that's all you and, had. Poor guy. You know, it's like uh, when you're a kid and you're making new friends at school every day past 1997, I think is when South Park started. Uh, you say, oh, yeah, my name's Kenny. Oh, my God, they killed Kenny. You bastards. You bastards. Yeah. You hear it all the time. <clears throat> and it's just like, okay, uh... I'm sure you've wanted to say that to the first Kenny you ever met. I'm glad I was the one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I've never heard it. It's like me and Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you have a lot of Rickies. Like, there's a lot of Rickies. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Pretty Ricky. Oh, Rick. oh, God, yeah. Ricky Bobby is what I hear all the time now. Hey, Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby. Dude, just, uh... I hear Kenny Bobby. What? Yeah, who's... it doesn't even make sense. My cousins say we call me Kenny Bobby. The... They'd say it in that like southern accent. Kenny Bobby. That doesn't make yeah, sense like, at all. Hey, Kenny Bobby. You're you're going way too far there, guys. Uh, it's Ricky. You need to watch <laughs> watch the fucking movie, and then we'll... <laughs> it ain't uh, Kenny. But but yeah, so uh, Kenny was like my not, I wouldn't say idol, but he was like my you know saving grace. Like okay, there's. There's some cool ones out there. I'm not the only one. Well, Kenny listened to Iron Maiden, and he partied, and he shot dinner plates off the roof with, like, 
a Daisy Red Rider, but they put the sound of a rifle to it. It's like, like, dude, my kid's got one. It don't sound like that. And then, you know, uh, he turns into Kenneth, which is my official name. It's my real name. And starts watching Julia Child and cuts his hair and dresses up like he's going to go work at Office Depot. (laughs) Fantastic. He's really moving up. Yeah, what's funny, so, though, is, is like he's uh, apparently the actor, refresh my memory with his name. If you don't know, it's okay. I don't. I don't Keith think, Coogan. Was he in anything else? Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, is that what he's from? Yeah, and he's also, okay, um, let's just, let's just get this out in the open, because Keith Coogan, although I've only really seen him in two movies, he is such a prolific Hollywood origin, not origin, but uh, just he has a lot of Hollywood clout. His grandfather um, was Jackie Coogan, mm-hmm. who you probably don't know by the name, but he was the kid in the silent film The Kid with Charlie Chaplin. Okay. And he grew up to be Uncle Fester in The Addams Family. That's cool. The old, the old TV show. Now, I mean, you'd hear that and you'd be like, okay, yeah, I remember the Adams Family. Uh, he's most known because when he was a kid, he was in tons of commercials. He had a lot of merchandise. He was in these movies. And um, when he got of age, he you know, checked out his financial situation and found out that his parents had pretty much spent every dime he ever made. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, something, something totally like... 40 to 60 million dollars what and he lost it all because his parents weren't saving it for him and you know they claimed well you know he was having fun um and ordering know, he, 50 he, he million says, dollars of fun jesus <laughs> and, and he says you know uh, well, there wasn't a day that i was on the set that i didn't think of it as work but um because of this there came to be known uh a coogan's law in california which is, uh, I think it's spread to a few other states now. Um, I think it's five. Um, but Coogan's Law at, at first basically was uh, saying that children under the you know uh, legal age that were acting were allowed uh, 15% of their wages to be saved and put aside for them to have when they're uh, of legal age. 15%. That was until 2000 when it became the full amount. Like, everything they make goes into a savings account, and the parents have to, uh, you know, they pay for their housing, their schooling, and all that stuff out of their own pocket. They don't get to use uh, the stuff they make, or the money they make when they make movies. So, like, I'm trying to think, like, uh, who are some child actors? Uh, Miley Cyrus, for instance doing Hannah Montana, like, all that stuff, would it, she, it would have gone to, like, a savings account for her to have when she get when she got older. Billy Ray was only able to use his achy-breaky heart. Uh, so, Coogan's Law, that's, that's basically it. Like, uh, they get, you know, the full percent now, and that's um, because of Keith Coogan's grandfather, and he actually is, uh, he runs part of the organization now as an adult i think he's like he's born in 70 so he has to be coming up on 50 uh he's like 48 at this point that's pretty awesome i had Um, had no idea that 
of Coogan's Law period, and then I had no idea that he was like the heir to that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, and I just want to like state too that uh, this information. I'm not just like you know some inside source. It's like oh, I'm in good with Keith Coogan. I actually got this information from an interview I heard with him on uh, the So I Married a Movie Geek podcast. If you guys want to check that out, it's So I Married a Movie Geek podcast. And uh, they they got, a, you know, they live like 15 miles away from him and they just Skyped him and got this whole conversation with him about uh, Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dead and his whole life and everything. Um, yeah, so he was the, uh, the fox in Fox and the Hound, uh, Todd. And the hot the hound was actually played by Corey Feldman. Oh yeah, and yeah, they ended up growing up as friends. They saw each other in uh, you know different casting calls all the time. Uh, he uh, Keith Coogan actually auditioned for the Goonies and was going to be Mouth, and uh, he ended up seeing how good Corey Feldman was and was like, "No, come on, Corey Feldman needs to be Mouth, not mm. me." He's a, he's a really humble guy, uh, Keith Coogan. Really? Yeah. Um, just like actually listening to what he was talking about, like, you know, uh, how he was talking about uh, he's friends with Will Wheaton and uh, Sean Astin and Corey Feldman and how, you know, oh, man, I would have loved to have been in Lord of the Rings or <laughs> uh, Stand By Me. And they're both just kind of like, well, yeah, but you had Adventures in Babysitting or you had Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dead. And it's like, yeah, you know, you're right. I did have those things. That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that's enough about Keith Coogan. I just thought that uh, he's a pretty down-to-earth guy, and he's, uh, I guess, the reason why I wanted to talk so much about him as an actor is uh, now, even though back when I was a kid, Kenny was, like, my favorite character, I couldn't stand Kenny at all. (laughs) Really? Like... I don't, I think, I mean, okay, so do you know the story, um, actually, I want to, I want to go ahead and just, like, start talking about the movie. Yeah. So, I I wrote a little intro here, I'll just go ahead and read it. Um, the Crandles, that is their last name, right? Uh, I'm trying to think of, yeah, I guess it was. Kenny Crandall. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I was like very confident. Like, the Crandalls. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Crandalls are the typical single parent family of the 90s. Walter, the youngest, veges out the TV all day. Melissa is a tomboy who gets along with seemingly no one. Zach is a Romeo who is too cool for this movie. Kenny is a rebellious stoner who, when faced with a task or chore treats it as an opportunity to practice his marksmanship. And the oldest, and our main protagonist, Sue Ellen, is a recent high school graduate with grandiose dreams of traveling to Europe to be a fashion designer, a penchant for forging resumes that would make Frank Abagnale blush, (laughs) and a lack of morality when it comes to disposing a body. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Um, After I'm done with my intro. Got you. Keep going. The matriarch of this California Valley clan is in dire need of a vacation, even if she has to shack up with a sheep farmer in Australia for two months. Before the kids can celebrate their emancipation, we're introduced to Mrs. Sturrock, 
a gentle old babysitter slash Nazi war criminal who turns into Sue Ellen's foil for all of five minutes when she dies due to exposure to Kenny's cesspool of a room. <laughs> Whatever will the Crandalls do to keep Mom away and no one suspecting them of murder? Well, that's don't tell Mom the babysitter's dead. Fantastic. That was yours? Yeah. That was really good. I like that. Oh, well, yeah, I don't like that. <clears throat> like to brag but <laughs> <laughs> well you're you know you're allowed to every so often so you were saying you wanted to talk about something you wanted to talk about <sighs> all right so the basic premise is mom goes to australia shack up with some dude for two months leaves mm-hmm. all these kids under the guidance of an 18 year old kid um and the <laughs> the babysitter the nazi war criminal as you so put it she's <laughs> she's like 95 years old this lady dies and so what do we do oh let's stuff her in a fucking box a box (laughs) and like a trunk and drop her off at the morgue ah but that's not enough where's the money that mom gave mrs sturak oh oh yeah it was on the old bag as so quoted in the film (laughs) (laughs) oh my god dude yeah uh there's a lot of things that are just questionable with their decisions with uh, everything like it doesn't make any sense why I mean I guess like if you really stretch your imagination these kids have such a hard life they just want to have a summer with no parents no supervision so we're gonna you know put a dead body into a trunk and drop it off at a funeral home I guess so dude it don't even make sense because it's like uh, well I guess it makes for a good movie, so fuck it. <laughs> it's good. Okay, I also want to point out, um, the very beginning of this movie has some animation of, like, a crazy Tom and Jerry-esque babysitter. Yeah. It's like, a, like, falling over a chair and, like, you know, has this really high-pitched voice, which actually, the voice is, um, oh god, I can't remember if it's Frank Oz or if it's Dan Castellaneta. I think it's Dan Castellaneta who does Homer Simpson. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, it sounds more like him, anyway. Um, but, yeah, the the fact that it just starts with that for, like, probably, what, ten seconds and then never brings it up again? Uh, what a strange choice. <laughs> well, I, there's a lot of things that are really strange about the film. Even the, the characters that she interacts with. There's some characters, um, Sue Ellen, I'm talking about Christina Applegate's character. Yeah. Um, there's some characters in the film that are just ex- like unnecessary totally. Mm-hmm. Um, what's like her friends? Oh, yeah. What's even the point? Um, hey, Kenny, I forgot to ask you before we started the, the podcast. Can you get me those QED reports before next Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> the QED reports are mentioned so many times. I think I know how to do the QED reports now. I know. I mean, it's kind of like uh, the Matrix talking about the internet, like before the internet was really explored. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, fax machines were really a really a focus in the film too. I forget it's nineteen ninety one. It was filmed in ninety, so a fax was not a new technology, but it was definitely like an overused technology at that point. It's just funny that like. I mean, yeah, like you said, it was released in 91, shot in 90, probably written in 89. Oh, it's an 80s movie that just missed the boat. Yeah, just barely. Um, 
Now, I think I think the the basic principle, or the basic premise of the film again is that kids are left at home. <clears throat> um, now, the money is left on the the babysitter. So, what do the kids have to do? Well, they have to generate income somehow because mom's gone for two months. God forbid. Yeah. Two months. And so I mean, that's a long time. Are you kidding me? I guess so, but I mean, you could. <laughs> You could two months. You could, I could last six, like a week. Sixty days, dude. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the world was different in nineteen ninety one, but I'm sure I could manage. I'd eat grass. I'm an I omnivore. Mean, who's paying the bills? Who's keeping the lights on? I guess not, Mrs. Sturak. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So basically, um, we have Christina Applegate's character who forges her resume and gets a job with a. Uh, fashion designing company. Uh, yeah, she is applying for the receptionist job. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, at least there she didn't go too hog wild. You know, she knew her limits. But yeah, fortune favors the bold, I guess. And uh, it just so happens that Rose—I don't remember her last name. Rose something. Yeah. Lindsay, maybe. Oh, yep. Um, just happens to come in and. Likes the fact that Sue Ellen doesn't like the current receptionist because Rose doesn't like her either and offers her the job that she was going to give the receptionist whose name is not important. Cricket, 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 cricket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, right um, now my, my internet's not working, so any other information I haven't written down is lost. That's okay. Well, so we can just go from the, the memory banks here then. So basically she gets this job uh, some type of senior one is what is the specific job title it's like senior uh it's um oh i did write it down hold on well the premise is she's she's 18 and she's got this high-paying high-ranked job within this company and i want you to have the title because it's it's pretty hilarious uh, um uh, administrative assistant oh is that what it is to rose yeah yeah and the receptionist name for the record carolyn oh that's right carolyn who, yeah, who talks out of the side of her neck <laughs> yeah and the uh the company is g-a-w gaw don't remember what it stands for gaw yeah gaw <laughs> well so sue ellen soon realizes that she can um order lunch with petty cash oh the petty cash oh, yeah the, you mean the petty MacGuffin? <laughs> the what help help a brother out Oh, MacGuffin, dude. It's like the uh, the little plot device that helps the movie get along, you know? Like, uh, Adventures in Babysitting, the plot device. Oh, MacGuffin thank you. Okay. It's the, uh, the porno mag that I... has the uh, little plans written down on it. Oh. So, see, you've uh, you've taught me something again. So, let's let's clarify something here. I'm the normie. I, I like films and I watch a lot of films, but I don't yeah. <clears throat> understand them to that degree as you do i think if we talked music i'd be on more on that level but with the film so okay is it called it a macguffin i feel like what what is macguffin called huh <laughs> what what do we call this uh yeah that's what it is MacGuffin. okay so the, the the plot macguffin is the petty cash the petty cash yeah. okay, so i have a segment here i'd like to address and this is quite fun this is a trivia segment um may i take it from here okay it's okay. it's called nah so you try nah uh <laughs> okay, so nah, so okay, so here's a here's the first trivia question. Okay, so Kenny, the original yes. script was written with which actress in mind to play Sue Ellen or Swell, 
as they like to call her in the film. Was it A, Rose McGowan? Very popular. Uh, B, Sharon Stone, even more popular. Or was it C, Winona Ryder? Uh, let's see. Rose McGowan. Probably not, because I'm pretty sure Charmed was her first gig, and that was like 90. Wait, no. Maybe it was Scream. That was still like 96. So, probably not her. She's so hot. Sharon Stone and Winona Ryder? Sharon Stone and Winona Ryder. Uh, I'm gonna... I can't think of anything Sharon Stone did before Basic Instinct, so I'm gonna guess Winona Ryder. It was Winona Ryder, yeah. So you're really good at this game. Um, I'd like to also mention... Um, the petty cash would have been more acceptable with Winona Ryder taking all the petty cash. Was that too low? Is that too soon? I don't know. Oh, oh because of the shoplifter. <laughs> Is it too soon? I'm <laughs> sorry. That's before, that's before she got into all that shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, second, this is, uh, this is a fun one for me because it's my favorite word. So, at the time, uh, in 1991, PG-13 movies were allowed how many uses of the word fuck to maintain a PG-13 rating. Was it A, 3? Is it B, 18? Or is it C, 1? Uh, I think now... I mean, I know that you're not asking about now, but I'm pretty sure now, in order to not get an R-rated movie, or an R rating, uh, you can't have more than one. But back then, they probably were a little more loose... Uh, wait, are, so are you asking how many fucks are in this movie, or how many was back then, like, the limit? No, the limit in 1991. I'm gonna say three. Okay, it's actually one, and this movie uh, uses it seven times, but maintain its PG-13 rank, uh, rating. This movie's rated PG-13. PG-13, bro. Are you serious? Yeah, and they use fuck, like, every every seven seconds, obviously. Okay, it's, I mean, It makes sense why it was on HBO. Yeah, which I don't know because HBO is pretty. Uh, well, no, HBO is pretty desperate for content sometimes. So, all right, uh, okay. So, uh, last question here. All right. Um, what was this? Is a good one here. You ready? Drum roll. Uh-huh. What was the film's original title? Is it A for our listeners out there? A Babysitter Bye Bye. Is it B My Ruined Summer, or C The Real World? Bye bye babysitter. Babysitter bye bye. Babysitter bye bye. That sounds terrible. My ruined um, summer or the real world. Summer. The real world. Uh, so what? Real world started. Like the actual TV show started around ninety early nineties, three ninety two. So if they would have had to change it, that would have made sense that they would have to change it because of the TV show. So I'm gonna say that. That is correct. The real world and the show started in 1992. Oh man! So it was in production and they had to change it. Yeah. So I don't know what they would have. Uh, I don't know what they would have done if that was like the real world. People <laughs> like, what the hell? Can you imagine if like don't tell mom and babysitter that got rights and was like, no, we're gonna be the real world. <laughs> what would the real world be? Uh, People in a house. Yeah, young teenagers banging. <laughs> oh, I guess they were older teenagers, right? Uh, no, they were like 20-something. Really? They always looked so yeah. young. Oh, wow. I never watched it, so. I watched the Celebrity Deathmatch. Sorry. <laughs> I did, too. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Back to the 
the main story here. That was just one of my little uh-huh. bits. So. What's the uh about? I said nah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no. I thought you said uh. I was like, there's no cute nah. cats here, Kenny. Don't. No. Um, so I, I just wanted to point out some things that I noticed like early on in the movie. I know that we've kind of jumped to the big plot points of the movie, but um, so when they first show Melissa, the uh, the baseball tomboy girl, yeah, she's frying some bugs with a magnifying glass. Uh huh. Did you see what kind of bugs they are? <laughs> What? I know this is real nitpicking, but <laughs> what kind of bugs do you normally burn with a magnifying glass? I'd usually go with uh, I'd go with ants, Ken. Ants, yeah, ants because ants are really small and a, you know hot, like singular focused uh, stream of light coming through a magnifying glass would actually do some damage. You know what the hell she's trying to fry? <laughs> no, a pile of dead. Just the dead cockroaches. I don't remember this at all. Where was I? And they're huge. They're like Madagascar cockroaches. <laughs> Hissing. I like. I sat there and I like. I paused it. I'm like, what is that? And you zoom in, and it's a pile of like just rubber cockroaches. <clears throat> but like, okay. First off, that's not going to do much damage. <laughs> um, and second off, they're dead. What are you doing? Well, they don't. They probably made the, an example or a point to show that here's this little girl. Here's how tomboyish she is. She's burning bugs, and so hey, we can't show ants on this on this film because they're too small. Oh, no, so. I, I, I get it. Oh. I get what they're going for. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, it's just this is dumb. And it's really lazy. It's like somebody. It's like uh, you remember on. Uh, we're going to get into, like, personal time here. But remember on the set of Insecure? Um, yes, we, we both worked as PAs on a movie called Insecure. That is the letter N hyphen secure. Yeah, great film. Won awards. <sighs> not. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know if anybody but, knows, but I don't know if you remember this, Kenny, but we're actually... Um, um, what's the expression? We're, we're, we're credited... Oh, yeah. With we, in the film, yeah, but, yeah, IMDb credits. Yeah, IMDb credits, but we're uh, it's not production assistance. It's piss ants because we had one job. Our job was to yell, "Rolling," on the set, and they paid us and for that. Cut. Oh, cut! That's right. Oh, I forgot that was uh, that was a hard job. Fuck. Well, I mean, we we had other things. Well, later on, after you quit, we had other things to do. Like when we worked on Beale Street, uh, we had to keep people off the set and tell them that, you know, that we weren't shooting a movie, that we were doing something else. We could just make up whatever we wanted. <laughs> well, I had to bring Tempest uh, Bledsoe her uh, her breakfast one time. She scowled at me. Oh, I did the same. Actually, I brought her lunch, so I must have been right in after you. But did she scowl at you? I, I don't know. I think she probably just said, like, put it on the counter. Put it down, you fucking maggot. <laughs> Leave it on the counter. <laughs> Um, but no, okay, so all of this just to say that you remember hanging out with Will? Was that the art director guy? Or the D- set designer? Yeah, dude, he was one of the prop masters too, wasn't he? Yeah, the prop master. Yeah. Uh, remember he used to, like, leave a little, like, toy dinosaur in the shot, like, on, like, little shelves in the <laughs> house and everything? No. And that's what I, I feel like the, the set designer or the prop master on this movie was like, I got these rubber cockroaches. 
Gotta get him in a shot. <laughs> we'll have her. We'll have her putting a magnifying glass to him. Oh. I would have been more okay with like the rubber cockroaches being in Kenny's room or something. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Um, some other uh, little details I noticed is uh, um, oh, the mom tells Melissa it's time for lunch. Melissa's reply is, "Yeah, right." What? She's been told this many times that she's just she's learned to not even believe her mom, and she's gonna say that she's gonna feed her. English is second language to me. <laughs> uh, and also, this this house, it's owned by a hoarder who doesn't clean. Oh, I understand that you have uh, how many kids is that? Uh, five kids, and you're a single parent. But I mean, hire a maid. Dude, or teach your kids some discipline and get them cleaning. I really don't understand. Everything about that house is so backwoods and shitty. It reminds me of like Silverado Canyon out in California where everything's just dust. Oh, well, everything. actually, uh, do you know where they filmed this? Probably in Silverado Canyon. I don't know. Valencia. Oh, in Valencia? Really? Valencia is so shitty. Yeah. Okay, so for the <laughs> listeners who don't know, uh, Valencia, California is a shithole uh, that has one shining gem called Six Flags, and even there you get shot. So I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe back in Sorry 91. To all our Valencia listeners. Like, oh, fuck you. We Go Valencia Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should also note that Ricky is a uh, Californian for about what, 16 yeah. years of real life? Yeah, 16 miserable years. Just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you liked it there. Well, I liked the scenery, but, you know, the people, just so many people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you go to get a taco and you got to stand in line for two hours. Is that <laughs> is that inappropriate? I said taco about California. I don't know. Moving on. Uh, so, they, good. so they filmed it in Valencia. Yeah. I had no idea. That's really cool. Uh, what is it? It's uh, Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita. Where, where is that? Like the the... The, the I know there's a racetrack there. What I'm saying is like there's a dog racetrack there. What did they film there? Oh, I, I think that's where Valencia is. I might be talking out my ass. I'm just saying things I've heard. <laughs> is it on Van Nuys Boulevard? How about Sunset? <laughs> no. Um, I know that I know they use the house for uh, some TV show. I think called Just the Ten of Us, but it was just like in like the opening. Well, they aren't really. They're they're leaving the house like good riddance. <laughs> well, I hope they put some sod down because that yard had fucking zero vegetation. It was like Saudi Arabia, dude. Like, if if they had, if I didn't know that this movie was only used in one of the, or this uh, house was only used in one other movie, I would have guessed it was like the Texas Chainsaw House. That's what I'm saying. It's really creepy. And oh, yeah. One of my favorite parts too is is looking, you know, retrospectively with technology, everything's hilarious now. So mm-hmm. with the petty cash that Sue Ellen or Swellen, I Swellen. Uh, <laughs> it's just swell. It's just, swell. Oh yeah, yeah. Swell. Swell brings yeah, up. It's really confusing because half the time it's swell. Do this for me or Sue Ellen. Like. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like Rick versus Ricky. I don't know. So, uh, no, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, she brings the petty cash box home. That's smart. So she brings it home, and her uh, her siblings get a hold of it. They purchase a home entertainment center. 
Um, and this consists of like a 27 inch tube television with oh my uh, god no not even like probably what 19 dude it's tiny they're like oh it's high fidelity speakers and it's like two giant ass jbl speakers off to the side of this tiny tv yeah with like the little glass entertainment center doors yeah it's yeah like the little like equalizers oh yeah dude yeah you gotta have some some equalizers on there and then he's got like this tiny ass little tv like a kitchen tv smaller than an ipad they're watching cooking shows on it. I uh, I just think it's hilarious. Oh, they're watching like uh, what was it? Was it Jeopardy or uh, no? He's watching Password. Uh-huh. And then the kids saying because they put the password on the bottom of the screen. He's going, "Oh, it's Iguana! It's Iguana! Come on!" <laughs> it's like, well, of course you know it. <laughs> I never noticed that. I thought the kid was just smart. He's an idiot. You ruined you ruined so my experience. Falls off the roof. Oh yeah, a little bastard breaks his leg, huh? Walter, little Walter, I've been there for him, reading them Green Eggs and Ham or some shit. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> hey, I do like Elvis though. That's my favorite character in the film. If nobody knows, Elvis is um the dog. In and, other words, he's a non-entity. <laughs> he's a cool. He's a cool character though. I mean, I, I love the movie, but there are some characters that really don't make sense to me. Like I'd like to address. Um, Rose, who's Sue Ellen's boss in this movie, uh, she has a boyfriend or a fiance. Oh, uh, oh God, what is his name? Say it. Oh, I can't. You don't know? Uh-uh, say it. Gus. Oh, God, that's what it was. Gus, that's right. Hey. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> he's just... Oh, my God. Like, okay, I love this actor because he was on the fly, and that's, like, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Um, but yeah, one of the skeeziest characters in any movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I like. What, I mean, I know I know Suellen's playing like twenty eight, twenty nine, but I mean, she doesn't even look a day over twenty. No, she was nineteen when they filmed the movie. Yeah. Um, which you know, uh, what I think Keith Coogan was twenty. Yeah, he got the. Should... Apparently, he got the part. After he like he came in looking too clean apparently, and they're like, "Yeah, sorry, pal." Yeah, he. Uh, so the story is that he he went in to audition for Kenny, and they said, "No, you, you don't have the right look. You, you're just not right for that part." So instead, he read for Brad, the boyfriend. Oh, not Brad. Is that his name? Brad. Brian. Yeah, yeah Brian, the hot dog boy. Um, he read for Brian, and then after he was done, he went out to his car. Got a fake wig, put on some ripped jeans and a skull vest, and came in and was like, "Oh, where are the auditions at, bro?" <laughs> and then he came in and the, they, he said that the uh, casting directors did not know who he was. They thought that he was a new actor. What? And then, yeah, and then he kind of revealed that it was him, and they were like, "Holy crap! Yeah, yeah, you can be Kenny." <laughs> That's funny. The only thing is, he had just cut his hair for some other movie that he was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. So he had to wear two wigs. I don't know if they were used at the same time. I just know he said that they were two $3,000 wigs. Ugh. And uh, um, the, the, But the reason that he played Kenny up as that kind of character is because he knew the director of the movie had just done Bill and Ted. Oh, and so it was kind of like you know 
like the director did Bill and Ted, the the guy who's shooting the cinematography did Bill and Ted. Um, that's kind of uh, that's kind of it for that story. I feel like people are gonna hear this and think that I'm a little unjust in my hatred of the character of Kenny, and it's not that I hate. It's not that I hate the character. I just hate the the acting choice. Because I love Keith Coogan in Adventures in Babysitting because he's playing a character that is believable for that actor. And this is exactly... Like, the story behind him going to the car and grabbing the wig and the jeans and then coming in and be like, oh, like, that's funny, but it's like... The, the, the director should have been like, okay, but can you actually act like this character? And I don't think he can. And it's just like certain little lines that, like his line readings. Um, i trying to remember some of them. Uh, can I ask a really shitty question about him and playing this character? At any point, did he remind you of like a bizarro Mike Myers yeah, I could see that, like, you know, because of uh, Wayne's World. Yeah, he says some line where it's like, it, it's <clears throat> it goes to cut right after he yells it, and it's like, rock and roll, or something like cuts, and it's just like the the face this dude yeah. makes. No, I'm like, what the fuck? He, he, he does this stupid, like, he jars his lips to the side while the camera zooms in on his bulging eyes, <laughs> and he says to his mom as she's leaving for Australia, Rock and roll. It's so dumb. It's, okay, <laughs> and and actually, um, there was one thing I found out about because when I was watching it, I found it really jarring that he had a Rolling Stones lips uh, tattoo on his. Oh arm. yeah, he did, huh? Because I was like, this dude's supposed to be a metalhead. The Stones haven't been cold since like the late sixties. Yeah, but well, they started doing like disco and dancing on the streets with Bowie, and then I found out that apparently the actor had gotten that tattoo like two weeks before they started shooting, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, and I guess the people that made the film were like, ah, rock and roll. <laughs> Yo, we're hip, we're cool. The, the Stones are so rock and roll. I mean, the, the Stones they kick ass in their own right, but they're not Iron Maiden. They're not. Jews Priest. They're not Motley Crue. No, and in like when Mrs. Sturrock comes into the room, there's some like big whammy dive on the guitar on the stair. Yeah. It's like maiden posters <laughs> and some babe posted up on the wall. Yeah, it's totally a different mindset from the Stones. Yeah, dude. You don't hear them like playing in the beginning to give me shelter. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but another one of his line reads, which was really jarring, is when uh she tells him that uh, she. Oh god, where is it? Um, oh yeah, she she tells him that she got the job as the administrative assistant, and then he's like, "Oh, that's badass." And then she tells him how much she's gonna make a year, and then he's he starts laughing and says, "You're gonna drown!" Ha <laughs> ha, joke. Oh, that's so fucking weird. Um, that's why something reminded me of like Mike Myers about him in that film. It's. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he says that he was channeling, like, Spicoli <laughs> and, you know, Ted from Bill and Ted. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, it's just, they should have got someone else. 
Well. And, I mean, I like the actor. I just, it's it's kind of like, you know, so, like, there's, there's certain characters you like, but you don't like the actor playing the character. Yeah. I just wonder if I could have done any better. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, that was one thing I wanted to mention on the podcast, is when I first met you, you reminded me so much of Kenny, or Kenny, not because of, like, the way you acted, but you looked just like Oh, really? You had the hair, you guys have, like, a similar facial structure, mm. and you are from California. <laughs> you don't think you have a similar facial structure? I don't know anymore. I think I look older now. Oh, yeah, now. Yeah, when I was younger, for sure. I guess I had kind of, like, a rounder face, and... Yeah, that... That guy had a little beady eyes in him, though. I wanted to fucking dig him out. <laughs> oh, man. Like, he's always squinting. I'm like, dude, just open your eyes. So, yeah, there's just some other things I wanted to mention, too. Like, we can get to, like, the ending and all that in a minute. But uh, um, one of Kenny's friends uh, yells out to Sue Ellen, Swell, have my baby. Oh, she's walking away, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. What? Is that a pickup line? <laughs> like, I want to impregnate you and then start a family, but probably be really distant and not involved. <laughs> so, what kind of a pickup line is that? Have my beat? I don't know. You know, stupid teenage boy stuff. What bugs me the most is not even that line. It's it's that emotional little baby that she starts dating brian's character or, or not brian's character but the character brian <laughs> yeah 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 Dude, i don't know you could just lie to me like that i don't and the okay. whole interaction in the yeah. in the oh my god okay you no no brian's brian's character later on is like I guess, kind of believable because, you know, he's like, why are you lying to me so much? Why can't you just tell me the truth? He's obviously been, you know, heartbroken before. Sorry, I'm going to take a beer break. It's okay. Dude, they, they went on one Grunion date. Isn't that what they called them? The, the baby turtles? Grunion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> when they when they said that, he said, you know, let's go watch the Grunions down on the beach. I thought they were going to go watch, like, Dune Bugs. <laughs> Not turtles. Yeah. Um, but no, okay, so... Pretty much throughout a good chunk of the movie, Brian's real emo and real sad. But when they first show him, he's trying to impress Sue Ellen while she's scrubbing the grease vat. And there's like this song playing and he's walking around like doing like finger guns in the air while he's like playing a hamburger bun hockey on the floor. And she's getting, like, splattered with grease fat. And he turns around, like, oh, on the shit. And she's just like, God, it's in my hair. <laughs> and she says something. Oh, the, the line is like, uh, how can you stand working here? And he's like, uh, I think he says, I just roll with it or something like that. And then she, he hits the, the hamburger bun into the into the trash can and sits there and does like a oh yeah like a, like a little finger gun and then they cut to her and there's like fat splashing on her shoes like she is obviously not impressed she doesn't even know that you're in there <laughs> I don't it's just it's, it's I mean obviously actually no I don't know what, what the, the point of that was because I mean I guess he was trying to impress her but I don't know. There's a few scenes in the film that are kind of funky, and one stands out to me. Oh, one character 
that seems quite unnecessary and i guess they tried to build some type of emotional connection to sue ellen's job at at gaw but uh his name is like what is it Fillmore or something down in the bottom he the the in the the bowels of the company down in the sewing department what did they call this guy his name was like yeah well there's this character and he's like this little sad man with glasses hello sue ellen good to see ya Apparently he's from the Bronx, yeah. and he uh, he starts like crying at, at the end. He's like, "We're all gonna lose our jobs," and just like the weirdest. I I, I don't know. It's the whole thing was like yeah, really. And, uh, he, he's like, I guess he's supposed to represent like the every man that's like I, you know lower on the pecking order, and she's supposed to recognize with him because you know she kind of is that she's not the administrative assistant that she is portraying i don't dude you're you're really giving it a lot of meaning i don't even know if they they I don't am. know if they really meant to do that that character was just awful is weirdly placed and i don't it makes me cringe it's like you know try not to cringe compilation <laughs> he would be in like um, you want to talk about some some like awkwardly placed characters how about david Duchovny? where do you remember David Duchovny being in this? Oh, God, he is. Yeah, and he's just like, well, uh, if I don't say so myself, he's got some weird accent. And <laughs> you're right. He's totally in there. He's yeah, that chick's... I'm pretty sure this is his first movie. He's, um... First anything. He's, uh, the receptionist chick's, I guess, boyfriend? Does he work there, or...? Yeah. Oh! The only line I can remember, because I know at one point he meets Suellen for the first time by coming in when she's on the phone with Kenny... And he's, like, trying to get her to do something for him, like, some paper or some, like, report. And she gives him the cold shoulder and basically tells him to, you know, fuck off. And he kind of is like, oh, I like that. Oh, that's right, yeah. But the only line I can actually remember is at the very end, when Sue Ellen gets caught, you know, because her mom shows up to the the fashion show. Um, And then... They show Carolyn and David Duchovny on the sidelines, kind of like reveling in her misery. And the girl's like, "All right," and she's finally caught. Then they show David Duchovny. He says, "Yeah, justice is served, babe." It's so weird. That's right. <laughs> and he does this like little like fist pump. <laughs> like, oh, this is pre X Files to the max. But the thing is, okay, so I've been uh, rewatching the first couple seasons of Twin Peaks because I've also been watching the third Mm. season which came out last year David Duchovny had a small role in Twin Peaks this is like 1990-91 and he played a transvestite um, FBI agent what? yeah really? yeah and it's like a decent role like he does pretty well and this is not even it's not even a year removed from don't tell mom babysitter's dead it's like the same year what a trip one so it's just it's just strange that he i mean it kind of goes to show you like direction is really key when it comes to like i mean unless you're dealing with daniel day lewis or leonardo DiCaprio. that's true if your director sucks you're probably not going to get a great performance out of people yeah not not Um, everybody is uh like a a full character actor i'll say yeah. i'll say nick cage is my favorite <laughs> he's a, anyway he's a face off um 
Um, so I just, I wanted to read some of my rants I wrote down because I tried telling you when I was getting ready to make the podcast that I stopped writing my notes about halfway through the movie because I started obsessing with this calendar on the wall in Rose's office, which was, I was trying to read the month and then correlate like all the dates that were, you know, appearing. And then it turned out that all of like, it was going Monday through Sunday and not Sunday through Saturday. It was going Monday through Sunday? Yeah. And so it really threw me off. So that's why I stopped making my notes halfway through the movie because I literally wrote down half a page of notes just about this one calendar and trying to figure (laughs) out what time this is supposed to take place. Um, But so here are some other little things that I obsessed over. Um, (laughs) um, One of them is at the Clown Dog. There are posters for a Spanish circus in the kitchen. And the dates for the circus are April 20th through the 22nd, Friday and Sunday. In 1990, those dates match up. Also, it's supposed to be summer. Dude, you you really dug into this. Like, it's just, it's weird that, because this is supposed to be 1991, I think. I mean, you'd think it would be contemporary. It wouldn't be like, oh, we shot this the year before, so it's going to take place in the year before. Um, and then another thing that I noticed is, uh, this is long, Swell's resume says she did four seasonal fashion shows in 1979. Swell is actually 17 in 1990, so she would have been born in 1973. She looks like she can be no older than 23, which would have her being born in 1967. By 1979, she would be 12. So in order for her to have been on or been an assistant fashion coordinator in 1979 for four shows, she probably would have had to have been at least 25 at that time. That would put her at the young age of 37. Does Christina Applegate look 37 to you? Rose barely looks 37. Dude, I will have to say I think your place is in a homicide. I think you need to be a homicide detector. <laughs> detect- that was really, uh, that was impressive. I think I'm a little turned on now. <laughs> no, that's awesome, dude. Um, no, I mean, it's just little things like that that like, kind of bothers me because I started thinking about it. It's like, I mean, in real life, she's 19. There's no way she looks older than let me. Let me speak for the standard film watcher. Okay. I think it was mm-hmm. Carlin that said it. Think of the dumbest person you know. Now, everybody else okay. in the world is pretty much dumber than that. Uh, they're they're so. not they're not looking for those things, you know. They just go, "Wow, Christina Applegate's ass looks hot in them jeans." <laughs> That's why they put Christina Applegate in that. Which brings me to a segment, if I may talk about what I'd obsess over, and I'd say Mrs. Okay. Sturak. What? All right, so I would like to play a segment, Mom. I hope you're not Sick. listening. Called Hit. Nor quit. And so let's start. <laughs> yeah. No, and we needed some uh we need some um some seventies soul. <laughs> Alright, so uh we're gonna start with Mrs. Sir Sturak here. She's at the ripe age of ninety five. Wait, what we're starting with her? Yes, Kenny, we're starting with her. <laughs> Mrs. Sturak at the ripe age of ninety five here. Um Mrs. uh Ida I don't know, Maria, Maria, I can't pronounce her last name. 
Is that her real yeah, name? Yeah, it's her real name, Mrs. Sturak. Oh, okay. Now, I'm talking not about post-mortem in the box. I'm talking about... Wait, what? Well, yeah, oh. yeah, you know, Mrs. Sturak, not shoved yeah. in a box in a mortuary, Mrs. Sturak. Oh, can I just say that the dudes who work at the morgue, they got a fat payday, dude. Those dudes don't make a lot of money. And, like... Okay, but... Do we do we know how much money she had? Two months her? worth of bills and food and everything else. She, she had at least a couple G's in her pocket in ninety one. Yeah. To feed five kids and five kids that stature, they're dicks. <laughs> they probably eat everything like name brand and so Mrs. Sturak was loaded when she went to the Alright, so Mrs. Sturak, what do you think, Kenny? Come on, man. In her day, maybe. Maybe back in back what, what, what are my options? To hit or not. I mean, just think about it. Maybe back in her day, maybe like when she was like guarding, you know, Auschwitz as an SS officer, as you said, she was a Nazi war criminal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up this person. <laughs> I can't go off of, uh, I can't go off of what I'm seeing in this movie. Okay, well, I have to see what she. I don't think you're like. gonna find that, dude. She has one picture on IMDb, and it's from. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. I would say not. I'm just going to be realistic. She's like 95. It's disgusting. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but I just for fun, I had to put it in there. God, I hope my mom's not listening. Sorry, mom. Back in the day... You see her somewhere? Really? Yeah, I found one. It looks like a, a Russian photo. Oh. <laughs> um, back in the day, not bad. Okay, so... For, you know, 1920s. Uh, I think she was born in 1913. Oh, wow. My grandmother was born in, like, 1919. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, so, wait. Are we talking about... No, no, no. Mrs. Sturak, bro. We're not talking about her when she's young in a Russian posed photo. <laughs> I'm quitting. I'm quitting all day. I'm never going back. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so let's skip that. Let's I let's skip that one. That one's that one's kind of tough because okay. it's it's kind of tough, dude. Old ladies are not off the table. Okay, they're over eighteen. No, she's she's over eighteen. Yeah, well, you know, diapers are that was diapers. Bad. That was really bad. Diapers can be okay, man. It, it all depends. Okay, so Rose, how about how about how about Rose? <laughs> what do we think of me? I'd say the big shoulder pads uh, kind of turn me on a little bit. In the bangs. I'll say. I, I know Rose, I know the actress that plays mm-hmm. Rose from two other movies, and uh, it's uh, Blade Runner and uh, Who Framed Roger Yeah, Joanna, jo- Joanna Cassidy, is that her name? Joanna. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that I've never been attracted to her, so no. Well, she's got kind of the, um, oh god, Gina Davis thing going on a little bit, you know, I kind of like this. You know, tall redhead broad. You like Gina Davis? Dude, you never seen Earth Earth Girls Are Easy? I haven't. Oh my gosh, dude, that's a great film. That's one I've seen tons of times. You should see that film. It's fun. And yes. Is that a 90s yeah, film? Yeah, it's a 90s film. And, and Gina Davis is... We'll do it. Old. We'll do it. It's fun, dude. It's And she's pretty hot in that movie. Okay, so moving past Rose, I'm just going to say I would. More than Gus probably would. Hey. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I would. She had big shoulder pads, and she's in charge. She knows what she's doing, baby. She ain't no, she ain't no high school girl. All right, moving on. Sorry, mom. Uh, Sue <laughs> Ellen, Christina Applegate's uh, character. That, that, that's, that's a that's a hard do it. 
or what, what are the hit options? or quit? Hit. <laughs> hit. I'm gonna say, you know what, dude? I'm gonna say not. No, I'm it. not, dude. And can, may, may I explain? <laughs> I'd like to. No. no, I'd like to tell you why, dude. Okay, why? because Christina Applegate and Married with Children, maybe she had this attitude and she was like hot stuff and plus it was filmed in extremely low definition so she was like hot and don't tell okay. mom the babysitter's dead dude she's got more hair all over her shoulders and face than i do in my beard bro and I'm, I'm growing my beard in good now i'm almost 30 okay my beard's almost full go back and rewatch okay. it anybody who's watching this film or intends to watch the film You'll never, you're going to hate me after this. You're never going to see her the same. Because in Anchorman, they kept her like 40 feet from the camera with every shot. And you'll see why. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like uh, the only reason I would say quit in this movie is because of the wardrobe. But it doesn't matter about the wardrobe when you're in. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the, the high-waisted pants that are like up to your fucking rib cage. Not to mention the uh, just god-awful color schemes that come in the fashion Oh, show. yeah, jester suits and stuff. No, I'll go back. I'll say Sue Ellen, sure. After two bottles of wine. Oh, I'm glad that you were finally convinced. Dude, I'm just saying. I, my wife is hot. I wouldn't pick Sue Ellen. All right, next. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, Sue Ellen's mom is actually there. Um, her name is... I can't pronounce her first name. It's Tomei is her last name. Conchetta, Concetta. I don't know if she's popular, if she's famous. Again... She's Italian. I don't know when she comes home. So like, Sue, I am gonna get your fucking ass in there. <laughs> She's a redneck without the accent, dude. No, the mom is. Uh, she's good. You go for it. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I, I, she's got this like. She's got this look to where her hands. Her hands look like they might be rugged. I'm just saying, like she works in the yard. Like, like, wait, her hands look like it, or she looks like she would have rugged She looks hands? like she would have rugged hands. Like, her hands, like, her, okay. she had a rounded fingers. Okay, how did you see her hands? Oh, I don't know. I notice hands, though. I'm, like, weird. Like, like yeah, 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 that's right. Man hands. <laughs> All right, so that's, that ends my segment. Is there anyone left? Well, no. Oh, wait, Carolyn. Well, no, I don't want to do Carolyn. Oh, what about a uh, little mousy? Oh, I oh you're food. right. I, I missed two characters. I got the QED reports for you. <laughs> Which uh, she is actually from Twin Peaks. As oh, well. really? That's a uh, little David the Company and her linking up with David Lynch. What's her character's name in this movie? Uh, I want to say Brenda. That's probably not right. Well, uh, when you see the film, if you haven't seen the film, or you've, if you've seen the film, you'll remember the character because her voice is fourteen octaves higher and stuffier. Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. No, because, uh, yeah, I, I thought, see, I don't know, when I was a kid, I used to think that she was the receptionist in Ferris Bueller, which makes absolutely no sense, because that lady is a completely different actress, like, not even close, oh, I... but it's because they kind of had similar roles, like, you know, it's a, it's a similar movie, it's a similar role, whatever. I think she does voice acting, that chick who plays Kathy. I mean, the voice like that, that's the only way you're making it. Yeah, she does something else. I, I recognize the voice. Like, the way she was like, gosh, Sue Ellen, thanks. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. She, she... And you know what's actually... Um, so, like I said, I've been watching the third season of Twin Peaks, which just came out last year, and she's in it. 
She looks exactly the really? same. Really? Like, maybe five years older. And this is 25 years ago. She, I mean, looks, I mean, if you thought she looked good back then, then you would still think she looked good. But that's, you know, based on your, uh, your preferences. Well, I don't know. I guess I would, uh, if you're in the office and you're, you know, lifeless and you're desperate enough, I guess, I guess Kathy. All right. Uh, last one, Melissa. She's like, how old? I think she's supposed to be 12. Okay, that's not fair. We can't talk about that. We'll end up like... Okay, well, okay. We're done with the segment anyway. But can we talk about Daniel Harris being in this movie? Take it away. Do you know who she is? Are you talking about the girl from Friday the 13th? Uh, Halloween, thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry, dude. My bad. Remember, I I represent... The everyman, okay? Yeah, no. I mean, that's a pretty common mistake, I guess. Like, you know, Jason isn't from Halloween. You're right. He's from Friday I just made the connection to the horror yeah. films, yes. So, Halloween, yeah. yes. I mean, she she is like one of like the you know scream queens because she was in 4 and 5 of Halloween. And uh, I think it was end of 4, she ends up killing her like foster mom. And then 5, she's kind of like the protege to... Mike Myers, she was kind of like this, you know, psychotic kid back when, like, psychotic kids were first coming to, like, the news, you know, like, this kid killed his parents, and now he's going to jail, being tried as an adult, and, uh, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but she, uh, it's just weird that she's in this movie, and she had played, you know, this psychotic kid, and now she's, like, in this other movie, she's been typecast. Well... She's she's saying let's hack her head off. Oh, that's right. Let's, let's eat Elvis. <laughs> she's burning cockroaches with a magnifying rubber cockroaches. Glass. Just for the record, this girl is off of her hinges. May I say, just for the um, record, for sure that I can I can differentiate between Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween. I just happened to say no. Nobody, oh, nobody, please man, come back and nail me to the cross. I I don't want to die today. Okay, thank you. Proceed. Yeah, uh, eating the dog would be a bad idea unless we were in South Korea. And then Elvis would be acceptable to dine on. Oh, you wouldn't know the difference. Say what? You wouldn't know the difference. Between what? Friday the 13th or, or dog and chicken? Dog and chicken? <laughs> We're not talking about Friday well, I just, the 13th. <laughs> 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 I'm hung up on this Halloween order here. So, yeah. Uh, okay, you want Kung Pao chicken or General Chow chicken? I'll take you to the General Sal. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh... Well, okay, during the Olympics, okay. the last Olympics, they actually begged South Korea to not cook dog in the streets when there was so many visitors from other countries. Uh, yeah. well, yeah, because it's it, it's a normal thing they do that. Like like I said, they they wouldn't know the difference. Who wouldn't know the difference? The people eating it, they would say, "Let me get you know uh, oh. whatever whatever the Korean word for dog is on a stick." It's, and they wouldn't know what that word meant, and they would just eat it and be like, "Wow, it's disassociation." <laughs> yeah. Um, so another character we haven't even mentioned yet, Zach. Zach, 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 Zach. A little like fourteen-year-old. Oh, that's right. Like, uh, yeah. What's his name? Who passed? Moon goddess. But yeah, so Zach, this kid, is just terrible. He's a terrible actor. But did you know about his uh, heroin addiction? 
He was like 16. Yeah. Like maybe even younger. It's cause, yeah, he's like you know, uh, 15 or 16 years old. They had to pause shooting certain days because the kid has such a bad drug habit. Really? Yeah. And he was barely delivering his lines as it was. He were and um, he is no longer with us. Yeah, I remember I got sucked into one of those little clickbaity type. Uh, you know, these fifteen celebrities you'll never guess kicked a fucking bucket, and so you go click on it, and he was one of them. Yeah, and they always have like the ad is like a picture of Kel, and you click on oh. it. Oh, like, wait, what? Yeah, and you go all the way through, and Kel's not even mentioned. No, of course not. They just wanted to sucker you in. Mm-hmm. And sell you some fucking Cialis. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't buy Cialis. Uh, okay, um, <clears throat> moving on. <laughs> it's for a friend. <laughs> um, all right. So, how does this thing end? I-, I will say it ends on a cool note with a big sculpture of uh, like a Stratocaster, like a big guitar sculpture. Oh, of the ice. ice thing. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty rad. Yeah, it's not bad. Um. Yeah, the fashion show, it reminded me of Blank Check a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, only because that like that one lady that's like throwing the party, and they're like waiting for Mr. McIntosh, and it's real 90s, <laughs> even though it's 80s. Oh, Mr. Um, McIntosh, that's right. Oh, that was a cool movie. Yeah, this isn't that movie, though. We'll do that eventually. Okay. Um, yeah, and... Uh, I don't know if okay. So if your kid, if you left the country for two months, and you thought everything was in the capable hands of an eighty-eight-year-old woman, and then you come back unexpectedly because I don't know reasons, and you show up to your house and this is happening, what do you do? What would I do, honestly? Yeah. I would just try to find my kid and say, "Yo, what's going on, dude?" What's happening here? I wouldn't throw a fit and say, get your ass in here now. She doesn't have a southern accent. <laughs> I just, that's how I see her, though, dude. Well, yeah, you're right. She's like, Sue Ellen, inside. Yeah, she's like, she's like, yeah, like, Sue Ellen, let's go now. I know, but I just hear the... Now, young lady. But I just see, like, somebody specific I used to know's mother going, now, inside. <sighs> The, the the voice you're doing though is like our old biology teacher from uh, sophomore year. Oh God, Miss Huston. No, I wasn't her name. Miss Thompson. No, not Miss Thompson. I don't remember her name. It don't matter. The yeah, the, the blonde haired lady. Yeah, Miss Huston, pure evil. I don't think it was Huston. Dude, ask a specific sorry. question. Ask a specific I question. I remember that she. <laughs> Remember you told me that she was walking down the hall and saw you like, oh, Ricky John. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, My name so happens to conjure that in people. They just go, wow. I just really have to say this dude's name, his whole fucking name. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But no, okay. So if I was this parent, I would not come in and be like, you know, what are you doing, young lady? Who are these people? Get them out of here! I would see what's going on yeah. and be like, "Let's see how it. Let's see how it unfolds. Let's see how they handle themselves." Yeah, I, I don't understand. It, it's as if the actress already knew what was happening. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just kind of. I mean, th- there's certain parts of this I do like, 
I feel like, yeah, we're almost an hour and a half in, and I haven't really said many good things about the movie, and for good reason, but I didn't hate the movie. I just don't ever want to see it again. Never? And, uh, yeah, I really could. I could do my entire life without ever seeing this movie again. Okay. Um, but, yeah, there's certain certain things that I do like, like... If, if the mom had just shown up in her outfit that she was wearing at the very beginning of the movie, I wouldn't have even noticed. But the fact that she showed up in, like, Australian outback, you know, walkabout type gear, Gosh. it actually makes me smile a little bit. So I'm like, huh, they actually took the time to, you know, portray the fact that she just got back from a foreign country. Because I always come back in my dashiki when I come back from Somalia. <laughs> Hey, you might. You might be like, this is a custom, people. Do you not know? But you're back in the States. You're not in Somalia or Uganda anymore. You just got back from Korea. You got this weird meat on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, yeah, I just I think it's uh, it's real good uh, continuity to have the mom in her little outback gear. And, uh, you know, it's... It's kind of lame how it coincides that she shows up and Brian shows up in the clown dog truck saying, Sue Allen, I know you got secrets. I got secrets. <laughs> Let's have secrets together. And then Carol is finally putting it all together. Like, wait a minute. That's just, it's lame. So. And I, I, I think I hate... I like the actor that plays Brian, Josh Charles. Mm-hmm. I just again, don't like this character. So you're saying you're saying Brian, right? Yeah, Cloud Dog. Man, I will, I will disagree unless you can change my mind, which we might need to make a segment. Wait, so you like him? No, I don't like the character, and I don't like the actor. Ah. Oh, okay. So. You need to be convinced that he's a good actor. I will tell you that there is one specific movie that was not made in the 1990s. This may be really strange. I'm going to guess it's the same one I'm thinking of. Well, there is one. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. And it's so okay. bad. It Maybe it's, it's it's just like terrible. You hate the character and you hate the acting because he's, he plays this bad guy in this film. And you just want to kind of kick him in his fucking mouth. It's the same movie I'm thinking of. It yeah. has a number in the title. Oh, Four Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I can't. See. You think Victor Sweet, you motherfucker? Yeah, I. I uh, yeah, I can't. St- well, that's actually that's not the movie I was I was thinking of that I liked him in the uh, the movie I liked him in was Dead Poets Society. Oh well, that whole movie in, in general is good. But what I'm saying is, uh, Four yeah. Brothers is already kind of you're riding the line. It's a cool action movie, but that dude's character in that film it's decent. Yeah, it's 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 fun. I mean, it's like it's like the new rampage. Doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, I just I just really can't stand that character, dude. It's like uh, him and uh, oh god, what's his name? I might need to cut this part out so I can sound smart. I'm getting tired, dude. <laughs> what's dude's name uh, from uh, 2012? And 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 say anything. Oh, John Cusack. Oh, John Cusack. Fucking barf, dude. I can't... You don't like John I Cusack? I hate everything about his voice and his no, face. I'm gonna... F- you, you haven't... You haven't seen the right movies, I'm gonna dude. curb stomp him, dude. I mean, 
if you've seen Say Anything, that's fine, but you haven't seen The Grifters, you haven't seen Gross Point Blank, you haven't seen High Fidelity. No, I haven't. These are all great movies, you need to see all of them. And I think, except for High Fidelity, the other two are 90s movies. Okay, we'll work on those. John Cusack Borsch. Uh, for now. <laughs> you might need to convince me. We're going to have to have a segment, Convince the, the Normie, and I'm the Normie. You didn't like 1408? I never saw 1408. Oh, did you hang up? Oh, shit. Kenny, hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> I liked 1408. I mean, I know it's not the greatest, but it's it's fine. Well, uh, back to Sue L and not John Cusack's dumb face. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you finish us off with... I mean, there's a lot of other details. You've seen the film, obviously. I've seen the film. Our, our listeners have probably seen the film, or they will see the film, or they won't now that they've heard us talk about it for an hour and a fucking half. Because I think the whole film is like, what, an hour and 40 minutes, maybe? Uh, it's runtime. It's pretty it. short. It's not the... I still have it downloaded. I haven't deleted it yet. It's not The Godfather. It is an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. So we're 13 minutes shy. Actually, this is probably the film here. The credits are probably rolling. <laughs> um, so what do you think, man? Do you want to um, do you want to put it in the vault or? Oh, that old thing. No, I'm burying this fucker. You're gonna do this burying. <laughs> Small soldiers, absolutely fucking gold. But that's a classic, man. I don't know, man. Don't tell baby. Don't tell the mom the babysitter's dead has actually stood. For some reason, a test of time, it's still relevant. Like, it's on television still. It still holds its weight. Is it on television still? HBO has it all the time, dude. My um, my wife's sister came to visit. Shelby had to go do something, and her sister was here with me hanging out, and we watched it. And this was like six months ago. Oh, that's the last time you saw it? No, I saw it. I saw the film uh, a couple months ago. But, okay. yeah, you know, I've, I've seen this film, like... I don't know. Honestly, probably 12, 13 times. So. Uh, well, I will say that when I watched it the first time, uh, I was watching my son. My wife was out with her friend, and what? it was just me and him. But the first time ever? No, no, no. no oh, okay. No. Uh, the first time. Because I told you I had to watch it like three times just for this podcast. Oh, well, yeah, that's right. So the first time I watched it, uh, he was eating dinner in the room next to the living room and he was done and he just came out and sat with me and watched it and he doesn't normally do that for uh unless there's like trains or some sort of like really intense music um and he was really into it was the part where they go to the toy store he was really into oh that. they're bouncing on the big swollen nut sacks i mean the bouncy ball thing <laughs> it's terrible and you know I, I will say that when i saw that movie as a kid that was the impetus that made me want to get one of those kangaroo balls and damn it i got one of those as a kid did you yeah i convinced my mom i was like i want one and she was like all right <laughs> Fine, let's Back go. when Toys R Us was still a thing. Oh yeah, Toys R Us is with KB Toys in heaven now. And sharper, sharp, sharp. KB Toys. Exactly, is. like sharper image. Bye. Let's not say like, <laughs> let's not say like uh, Tower Records or uh, Circuit Sam Goody. <laughs> Circuit City, FYE. Circuit City, Kmart. Oh god, maybe we should start a, a Lost franchise podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
That would be pretty sweet. Oh, oh blimp! We'll oh, blimpies! How we miss you. Uh, are there Perkins still? The restaurants? Yeah. Oh yeah, you have to be sixty-five to eat there, though. Sixty-five or older. Uh, well, we had one here, but they they turned it into something Well, they turned an old Bob Evans restaurant uh, here in Memphis into a Verizon store. So. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, it's 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 weird. Wait, which one? The one on Germantown? No, sixty-four. Yeah, over here by Steak and Shake. Is that stage? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, how it all how it all crumbles. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, dude. All right, so we're gonna bury it, huh? I am. I don't know about you. I mean, you can vault one copy for you and your son. Yeah, I think I might, only because it's just like. It's a cool movie. I don't know. I, I could I could live my whole life without ever seeing it again. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. But if it's on, it won't hurt my feelings to watch it either. So this is a hard one for me. So I'll say I'm going to vault it because it's it's a classic, and especially the the um the actual movie poster is so shitty that it's it's fantastic. Oh god, the poster is yeah because it's. Did someone paint that? Oh, I don't even know if it's painted. It looks like it's it looks like it's like copied and it looks like a ransom note. <laughs> is what it looks like. Like they took some like some Wicked Witch of the West feet and stuck it in the grass and they took Christina Applegate's yeah. face and like I have your children between my legs. <laughs> oh god. No, Mrs. Sturak, don't do it. Um Yeah, dude. I, well do you do you feel like we've given this film enough uh Enough analysis. I mean, I, and we covered all of our bases. I really think so. I'm sure there's other scenes where somebody could be like, oh, why didn't you mention that scene? But, I mean, yeah. like any film, there's always going to be something that we kind of miss. I mean, especially with something like this. This is not a cult classic, <laughs> but it's definitely a, an older film that's worth noting. I don't know. I had fun <laughs> with it, and I had fun with the podcast more than I did with the movie, I think. But Yeah. It's cool. I, I like it. I think we touch base on pretty much everything that was important to touch base on, especially if you've seen the film or you're going to see the film. Um, you know, this is definitely not a, a, a follow along or a sing along type podcast, what we just did on it. But let's see. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like there might be a little bit of a, uh, a, I don't know, like a little bit of a culture shock. The fact that we did like a full recap scene by scene. For small soldiers, and then this one, we just kind of, you know, Jackson Pollocked it, <laughs> just splattered it on the canvas, <laughs> and said, "There, that's what you get." Well, hey, that's what sells, though. But you know what? The people listening, they have a voice too, and if they liked what we did in Small Soldiers and want to hear us do more stuff like that, we'll do more stuff like that. If they want to hear us do more shit like this, where we just kind of riff for about an hour and a half. I'm more comfortable doing that. Yeah, me too. I don't have to write out a whole plot synopsis. No, but, uh, we can play games and we can have more fun with it. So, I vote that we do it like this. If other people like the other way, I will succumb to listener demands, which we should go ahead and tell listeners where they can find our page. So they can find us at facebook.com. It's... Um, is it under <laughs> Facebook.com? Oh, Facebook.com, yeah. MySpace, no. Yeah, it, it's under Lost Films of the 90s, is it not? You can just search Lost yeah, Films of the 90s. It's, uh, it should be Facebook.com slash Lost Films of the 90s podcast. And 90s is actually with a 9 0. 
S. Nine zero S. No apostrophe. Yeah. Um, and then also you can find our podcast recently just added to the Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we are on Apple Podcasts, the app. Um, I think you might also be able to find it on iTunes. Just search Lost Films. Uh, I've tested it. Lost Films, you'll find us. Um, or if you just if you just search whatever uh, movie we're doing, you can find that as well. And we are also on YouTube. Uh, just search Lost Films of the 90s Podcast. And we're also on SoundCloud. Search the exact same keyword I've said a million times now. <laughs> you Lost Films of the 90s. Six times I counted. I counted because I looked at the calendar, um, and the calendar said... <laughs> so okay I, I kind of feel like at the end of this uh every podcast we should kind of do like a uh um a, a, a death match if you want to say kind of like a uh you know we'll put two movies up that are possibilities we can do okay. for the next podcast okay. and we'll have either you know we'll have our own opinions on what we want to do, what's easier, what's more exciting to do, but we'll also have listeners say. So if there's like you know strong demand for one over the other, we'll end up doing that one. Okay. So, uh, and since I kind of have more, uh, I guess you know what I would love to do what? here. I would love to see you dive into a film you haven't seen. So I'm I'm yeah, gonna I'm gonna nominate Earth Girls Are Easy. All right, Earth Girls Are Easy is now nominated, and it's going against, uh, I have to choose. I had two in mind, so. Uh, who's in Earth Girls Is Easy, or Earth Girls Are Easy? Who's in it? Yeah, who's uh, in it? I know Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim Carrey, uh, one of the Waynes brothers, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, um. That's pretty much all that I know. All right, and the best um, part is, like, yeah, and Gina and, and Jeff Goldblum doesn't 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 really talk too much in the film, so he love it. <laughs> awesome downer. I'm not really a fan. But... <sighs> oh, okay. So I was trying to think of like something that's kind of similar to it. So it's strictly like a comedy. Uh, n- yeah. Just watch the movie. <laughs> uh. I'm trying to well because the two movies I had in mind one's a comedy and there's not a lot of really big stars in it and the other one is like a action comedy that has a lot of big stars on it spit it out alright yeah we'll just okay either Earth Girls are easy or the big hit okay so let's uh, let's do a Facebook vote for it yeah sounds good I'm gonna vote three times against you <sighs> well <laughs> I have about five Facebook accounts so I can vote three times on each one. <laughs> yeah. Well. All right. So I guess in this uh, in this episode we have Kenny has buried. Don't tell mom the babysitter said I have said kept it alive for one copy. I think we talked about the film a lot. Um, I really liked this film a lot. He really didn't, uh, which is opposite from the last one. He really liked it. I really didn't. So. Hopefully not. And we found out that Ricky is a hustler guy, not a playboy guy. Oh, very much, yes. Hustler all day long. If Does it exist? I don't know. I think Larry Flint died, didn't he? Uh, I never heard that. 
I think he's still kicking. Well, Hefner's dead, so. Yeah, Hef's dead. If anybody needs any uh, Playboys, I've got a whole collection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I really do have some classic Playboys, so. Uh, <laughs> but this is, uh, this is Rick or Ricky and uh, Ricky Jown signing off. <laughs> And, Ken- and this is Kenny Rock and Roll, man. Oh God! And we'll see you, or actually, uh, you'll hear us next time. Yep. See ya. <laughs>